Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. Hi, this is Paige Johnson from Toyota Material Handling, and you're listening to the new Warehouse Podcast. Today's safety tip is to stop, point, and look before crossing any drive aisle. Make sure to make eye contact with any powered industrial equipment operator before proceeding. With e-commerce off the charts, many small and growing warehouses are asking, how can I get ahead when my warehouse is barely keeping up? The answer is future-ready warehouse tech from Zebra Technologies. Warehouses can simplify and upgrade all processes, from automated inventory management to hands-free picking with Zebra's tailored, scalable mobile solutions. They're simple and intuitive. There's never been a better time to upgrade for success with Zebra. How can your warehouse get ahead? The answer's in black and white. Get the answers at zebra.com slash the answer. That's zebra.com slash the answer. Businesses are retooling fulfillment operations from warehouses to omnichannel to meet new demand amid unprecedented labor shortages. 3PLs, retailers, B2B distributors, and others are turning to flexible fulfillment solutions like Six River Systems to adapt and scale. Six River Systems Fulfillment Execution System is an integrated solution that combines intelligent, cloud-based software and automation, including its autonomous mobile robot, AMR, Chuck. No costly or disruptive infrastructure changes, fast and easy associate training, and integrations with other warehouse execution solutions allow operations to meet labor challenges, increase efficiency, and enhance customer engagement. Go to www.sixriver.com to learn more. Go to www.the6river.com to learn more. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. On today's episode, I have two guests from Toyota Material Handling. I have Dixon Churchill, who is the Environmental Health and Safety Manager there. And I have Paige Johnson, who is Environmental Health and Safety Supervisor. They're going to talk to us about Toyota Material Handling and how they handle safety there and safety in the industry and material handling overall. And we're also going to reflect a little bit on the recent win of the Governor's Award for workplace safety what's that all about and how they were able to achieve that so Paige and dixon welcome to the show how are you both this morning we're doing great thank you kevin yes thank you yeah definitely happy to have you both on happy to uh, be talking about safety i think you know safety is the number one topic or should be the number one topic when it comes to material handling you know we have so much going on in the 
the space and so many moving things and, and potentials for, for hazards. And we need to be as aware as possible to be able to prevent those hazards and, and having any type of injury within our, our warehouses, distribution centers, fulfillment centers, whatever you want to call them or whatever you work within. So before we kind of dive into the, the safety discussion and safety talk, why don't one of you give us kind of just a brief overview of Toyota material handling and and what that component of Toyota consists of? Sure, I'll take that question. So okay. uh, Toyota Material Handling began manufacturing Toyota forklifts in the United States mm-hmm. in 1990. That operation started in Columbus, Indiana and continues to this day. We've went through about 16 expansions since that uh, okay. early uh, 1990s. Today we employ about 1,700 people on our campus and We do a variety of manufacturing activities, including metal fabrication, welding, painting, and then assembly of the vehicles and then quality inspections before we ship those out. Mm. Our all all assembly uh, is occurring on that first shift. We do have some limited work that's done on a third shift for metal fabrication, welding, and painting. We have about 1.5 million square feet under roof. And we produce about 175 to 180 forklifts a day. Oh, wow. Our product includes internal combustion engines and electrical powered trucks. And they range from a capacity of one ton up to about eight ton that we produce in this facility. Very interesting. Yeah. And obviously, you know, Toyota is such a, a large company with many different components. So, so it's interesting to hear about the material handling um, side. And, and uh, 175 to 180 forklifts a day, that's pretty it's a lot more than I guess I, w- I was thinking that would be produced in a day. So it's very interesting to hear that uh, little tidbit there. But obviously, you know, Toyota as, as a company is very much known for the culture that they've created and, and the TPS. You know, people have studied it, tried to adopt it for their own and getting into that type of culture and, and making sure that their their manufacturing can, can get to that that level or whatever their operation or, or business is. So, so I'm curious from that perspective on the safety side, how is safety integrated into that, that well-known Toyota culture? Yeah. I mean, safety is really at the heart of our Toyota culture mm-hmm. uh, here in Columbus. If it weren't for our associates, we wouldn't even be in business. I mean, they're our most important right. asset and, you know, we have to be committed to their health and safety every day. One of our core values here at Toyota is to build a home-like atmosphere. So that's what we try to instill in our people. We teach them to look out for one another like family, report concerns and communicate any Kaizen or improvement Mm -hmm. activities that they may have so that we can always get better and ultimately help each other carry the load. As cheesy as it may sound, safety does come first Mm -hmm. at Toyota. We start all of our daily management meetings uh, by reviewing safety first. It's right. pretty right. much that ingrained into our culture. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it, it's a great thing that you said there in the beginning is that, you know, without the, your your associates, you, you wouldn't be in business, right? So so they're, they're integral to making the, the operation happen, and, and obviously you want them to, to come in and and leave just the way that they came in at the end of the day. So so it's very great that you guys are focused on making sure that safety is, is integral and and is the um, number one thing that's always always brought up. And I think that consistency is a, 
is a key when you see that safety is is always the first thing that's being talked about, like you mentioned in the management meetings and in different meetings. So, you know, one of the foundations I, I think, and at least in my experience in, in warehousing material handling is, is that, you know, safety starts with the proper training, right? And, and unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of companies where safety maybe is is not the number one priority right or it's not as as focused and so when you get associates and and employees in maybe they haven't necessarily had that safety background or or exposure to a a safety focused culture in the past so so at toyota i'm curious you know how does the the safety itself happen from a, a training perspective what does the the safety component of the training program look like We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we have associates that come from all different backgrounds and industries with different you know, training backgrounds. We utilize a lot of different training methods here on site, but one of the most unique pieces of that training is our really comprehensive induction process. So when when we get a new associate, they go through several days of training, and there's lots of different, you know, things that they get trained on from code of conduct and, you know, assembly things to safety. And for safety, we have designed a pretty unique hands-on what we call safety dojo space. Mm. And this safety dojo is a place where our associates go to learn. There's real tools and props and personal Mm. protective equipment that they can touch and see and try on. We have fire extinguishers that they can test out. We do lifting demonstrations. It's it's really interactive, and mm-hmm. we try to make it a fun and engaging experience because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times that safety training, you know, can be kind of boring. So yeah. we try to we try to liven things up a little bit, and we also use that safety dojo space annually with all of our associates to do refresher training. So that's one unique mm-hmm. training method that we use. Another unique training method is you know. We build forklifts here, so obviously we want to have our operators be industry-leading powered industrial vehicle operators. Mm -hmm. So we also have a powered industrial vehicle dojo. So it's a space that um, we have designated. We've used valuable manufacturing real estate in our plant, Mm -hmm. and we've designed a simulated warehouse space with racks and aisle widths and equipment and after passing a written exam for forklift training our associates go to that space and get to do hands-on equipment training 
in a safe space, but it's very much like what, you know, they're going to see when they get out to their process. Mm -hmm. So that's been a huge asset for us to use that space and uh, develop the best forklift operators that we can. Mm. Very interesting. And I think it's a, a huge testament to the importance of your safety, as you mentioned in there, you know, you're taking what would be valuable space for, for manufacturing and, and, you know, doing processes that are maybe more associated with uh, revenue generation, right. And, and dedicating it to, to the safety aspect and, and making sure that employees are, are trained the way that they should be properly. So, so I'm curious, you know, you, you mentioned there too, like about how, you know, safety training can oftentimes be somewhat boring, right. You have these safety protocols and, Maybe, you know, it's just someone standing there just, just reading them out to you, trying to make them as, as interesting as, as possible. So so where did the idea for this safety dojo come from to, to give, like, actual hands-on real types of experiences and, and take that safety training and make it more, more interesting and, and more uh, engaging in a sense? Kevin, I first experienced this probably 15 years ago in Japan, okay. and they had put together a safety dojo, mm -hmm. and the concept just uh, seemed very uh, remarkable. Yeah. It, again, anytime you can do something more, if you can put your hands on it, it helps a lot of us as learners rather than simply listening or seeing. Right. And uh, so a combination of all of those aspects of learning together, it just seemed like a good idea. So it started relatively small, mm -hmm. and we just had a few things with PPE and maybe ha hazard warning labels. But over the years, we've continued to build that uh, primary safety dojo and add many different components. We'll add a lot of things that went wrong, things that mm -hmm. where somebody got hurt. We can use the tools or the equipment, and we can explain those examples. Mm -hmm. And people can, you know, uh, see that. Uh, they can see and understand there was a glove that got caught on a on a, uh, a bit that was rotating. And so by being able to physically see those and know somebody got hurt, I think it helps really drive the points home regarding the safety. So the concept basically initially started for us, at least in Japan, having visited there, Right. And then we've just tried to continue to build on that. And eventually, as Paige mentioned, probably our climax was when we were given the space to do that PIV dojo, that powered industrial vehicle training. Right. Again, uh, we have valuable space in two areas, one for the primary dojo and the second in the plant for the, the PIV dojo. So that's kind of a little history. I think we were the first Toyota facility in our um, in industrial equipment group yeah. that had one in the United States, but very quickly as we kind of spread out and had some other manufacturing related facilities, they all have them as well now at this point. Mm. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. And I think it's, it's certainly something that I'm sure has helped to improve your safety record as well. And, you know, being able to have that, that hands-on and and like you mentioned, the, the interesting thing there too, I think with the, the glove example, catching on the bit you mentioned, you know, you're able to sort of reenact in a sense or, or uh, you know, show people actually what happened that maybe we're not 
around or, or present at the time that a safety incident happened and, and being able to get people to understand and then kind of root cause and and help them understand you know which would have been the the right way to do this or, or what corrective action are we taking to to make sure this doesn't happen again i think is is a great way to to look at it and i think like you said you know we learn better when we're, we're engaging more hands-on and really understanding what what could potentially happen or, or what happens in different scenarios so you know with the, the safety aspect obviously you guys are, are providing equipment to to other people in the material handling industry to to utilize in in their spaces whether it's manufacturing warehousing whatever the case may be so having such a strong safety culture and safety focused culture you know how do you pass that on to your your customers and and help to try and help those customers also have a a robust safety program as well yeah so i'll start by saying that you know as environmental health and safety professionals in the manufacturing environment here at toyota our primary customers are associates so we we try to pass on that safety culture to them by leading by example and helping them work safely every day it's really important to listen to our associates and address issues promptly when they arise so that they know that we value their safety. But having said that, we also do interact with customers and dealers and other visitors that come to our Toyota Columbus facility Mm. to do benchmarking and tour our facility. We have a great program for that here. And when we have those visitors come in, we love to take the opportunity to share some of our best practices, things that we've learned over the many years and, you know, try to um, share some of those things with them. So I think that's how we try to pass that safety culture on uh, to our customers. Interesting. So is it open? Uh, I'm curious, you know, you, you had said you had this program. So is it open to your customers to kind of, come to your facility and and see what you guys are doing like the safety dojo and and things of that nature yeah i i mean there is a a department and i'm not a part of that department but Mm -hmm. um a customer experience department if you will that Mm -hmm. our customers can reach out to toyota material handling and ask to come on site and to to our facility Mm -hmm. and to do benchmarking and learn about our lean manufacturing process. And I mean, we're doing these types of visits quite frequently and safety often gets invited to participate in those visits. Hmm. That's very interesting. And I think that's a a great thing that not only are you guys, you know, internally servicing your internal customers, as you mentioned with, from a safety aspect and, and ensuring that they know that, you know, they're, they're protected and they're, their safety interest is is top of mind but the fact that you guys are then willing and and able to to open up and and share to to the community as a whole from a a safety perspective i think can only help people in the industry have new takeaways and, and new learnings and i'm sure you know you guys see other companies that are doing things as well in the safety aspect and and adopt some of those things too i think from a safety perspective we should be you know, we should all be totally collaborative and, and working together because, you know, we want at the end of the day, everyone to, to be as safe as possible, whether they, you know, work for 
my company or whether they work for your company, that shouldn't really matter, right? So, so with that being said, and, and you mentioned there the internal customers and ensuring that you know they know that things are being addressed right away, and there's an urgency to to taking care of safety with safety protocols and and safety rules. You know, oftentimes some things may tend to get mundane and, and people tend to get complacent in a sense and and that's oftentimes where a lot of safety incidents can occur so yeah i'm curious you know how do you at toyota material handling at your facility how do you consistently ensure that you know safety protocols are being followed and that you know the employees are not uh, getting complacent in that sense well i'll take that one mm-hmm. kevin we do a lot of just continuous reminders. So every day, pay, earlier Paige mentioned, we start everything with safety. So there's a, right. for the lack of a better term, toolbox talk that's uh, given to each associate at the beginning of the shift. Mm-hmm. And again, that also starts with a key safety items that we talk about if any incidents occurred, whether they be machinery, powered industrial vehicle related, or whether they're injury related, we talk about those. So everybody in the, in the facility knows about that incident and mm-hmm. discuss the morning following. Throughout the day, all the leadership gets a, a quick notification if one of those type events occur. And so again, they can make application quickly to their departments, which is what we wanted to do the following morning with the associates. Mm-hmm. Also, we'll do a weekly safety focus point. And within that, we pick a topic every week that has some relevance to either recent items that we've seen that are maybe where people are getting complacent and okay. we'll focus in on that again we'll we'll share that the friday before uh the following week and then we reiterate that on monday morning with the, the management team it's all it's in that daily communication document for all associates and again that's how we try to avoid the complacency but that in itself, just saying something has to be followed up by the leadership on the shop floor, as well as our management team. We're all, again, just as responsible to look for those focus points and to try to identify what will we see gaps in that throughout throughout the week. So that's one way it kind of keeps our minds refreshed. And again, the safety team kind of drives what we think those will be. We typically pick those out a month at a time. We also share those with our departmental safety committee and we give them something related to that topic each week for them to observe while they're in their processes in their departments. And they turn in a document at the end of that week on that safety focus point and it identifies if they see gaps and then the leadership gets that information and tries to make corrections as well. So that's that's uh, just trying to keep the awareness out there on the shop floor. Another thing that we will do as a, as a safety team, we'll t- kind of take a, uh, a weekly audit of a given department. So we get through all the departments about twice a year, okay. and we use an eye auditor system, electronic system to do those audits. So we take pictures, we record those, drop them down into a, a database. And then that uh, corrective action is assigned to the responsible party, whether that be the department supervisor or whether that be maintenance or engineering. And then we track those open items that need corrective action on a regular basis. So we're constantly putting things in front of all of our minds to remind us and going back and look at our trends through other means of, of just 
record keeping, trying to identify what our focus points should be. But we put something new and, and fresh out in front of our people every week. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm always interested to hear kind of how people tackle that in in their operations because I, I think that you know complacency is. And I don't know if you guys agree, but you know, it's certainly a, a part where you know things you know people get kind of a little lazy in a sense, and they, and they forget those those um, little safety things in between that that are helping them to prevent from accidents or other types of incidents so so in addition you know i'm curious with in our industry you know certainly there's a lot of technology that is is evolving and new equipment that's coming out to to help us do our jobs a little better and and automating and, and different things of that nature so so when you have something new come into your facility it's a new piece of equipment that employees will be working with how how do you kind of adjust the safety protocols and and how do you ensure that you know your your safety program is is evolving with with newer technology in the industry as well i'll give you a couple of examples sure um, of recent technology changes that are that we are addressing and dealing with. The first one would be automatic guided vehicles. Those are unmanned vehicles right. delivering parts throughout the plant. So again, that's a new technology. Not, our, not only are we using it, we are helping to design with some of our sister companies and helping to implement that. So we want to use it in our facility, of course, and we want to right. stay up you know, with the times as well. We want our customers to see that when they come in here to, to look at our product. And so that in itself, just trying to get the logistics of when you've got paths crossing of multiple automatic guided vehicles, or you have human operated powered industrial equipment and those automatic guided vehicles trying to get all of that sequenced properly. Mm-hmm. So that's been a, a, a more recent challenge and opportunity for us in the last couple of years. We have uh, several different processes that carry product across the plant and intersect one another now. And so some of the things that we do early on, engineering usually has the lead on this. And as they begin to develop a plan, they'll involve us as well as the safety touch points. We'll go through the planning. We'll understand what they're going to do. We'll eventually sign off on their purchases as well both from a safety and an environmental standpoint. And then when that comes in, we'll be involved in the testing. And before implementation, we're going to be, again, there and involved. Mm. Any small pieces of equipment, even that are put in, usually during the weekends or overnight, they contact us and we'll go do an inspection or an audit of that as well. Mm. And if we're putting something in like this automatic guided vehicle into a new area, we're going to continue to monitor that for a few days. We're going to follow up with the associates that are having interaction with it and look for uh, ways and opportunities to improve that. So that's maybe one example. We would do that type of thing for most any new piece of equipment. Another example that at least pops into my mind is the lithium ion batteries. So that's become pretty popular in automobiles, but it's also becoming very popular for the same reasons in in powered industrial equipment. And that brings a whole new set of risks from thermal runaway. If you're mishandling those or you bust the battery open, you've got a higher significant risk of of a, a larger fire. And so just some examples in regards to that, that's a, that's a whole new field of the industry for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually even looking at uh, manufacturing lithium-ion batteries internally. So 
that's been a process of us just learning from outside sources, trying to gather information from our property risk insurance company, looking at sometimes even competitors, but also other industry um, industries that are making lithium ion batteries to try to learn from them. And your point earlier is, is very well taken. We'll often approach sometimes even a competitor and, and talk to them saying, hey, this is for the good of safety of all. Yeah. It's not something we're trying to keep to ourselves. There's no you know, trade secrets are one thing, but people's overall safety, we can learn from one another and we mm-hmm. can share information. And we do that likewise with them. Yeah, very interesting. I, I was curious about that because obviously, you know, recently um, being at Modex, we see there's, you know, so many different technologies coming into the space. And I'm just curious how you guys handle that because we see a lot of times, I think, companies where, you know, they want to bring new technology in because they're they're struggling to keep up or, you know, they're having issues getting enough labor and things of that nature and maybe they want to, you know, rush um, a solution in. So so it's good to hear that you guys are, are taking the time up front to figure out the safety um, aspects of that and then continuously, you know, monitoring and, and auditing along the way. Whereas I think, you know, maybe some companies might take the approach of, you know, implementing putting the technology in and then you know thinking about the safety afterwards which i think is the the wrong way to go so so very interesting to to hear from you guys and and certainly understand how toyota kind of looks at safety in that sense and and toyota material handling specifically what you guys are doing at your facility and the safety that you guys have been doing you, you recently were recognized by winning a governor's award for workplace safety. So tell us a little bit about that award and, and how you were able to achieve that award. Yeah, we're, we're really proud of that accomplishment. We were awarded the 2022 Indiana Governor's Award for Workplace Safety. And this was a result of some dramatic reduction in our recordable injuries over the past couple of years. Okay. And that award was in the partnership category. There are several different categories that the governor's award um, is given, and we won in the partnership. So Mm. a little background, in the fall of 2020, we partnered with another company called ATI Worksite Solutions, and um, they helped us develop and provide a new model for occupational health and wellness for our associates here Mm. in Columbus. And uh, this model is really focused on injury prevention, number one, early intervention, number two, and then also work conditioning and overall wellness for our associates. So as a part of this, how it's kind of structured, um, it's really unique. It's a unique model. We have uh, two certified, well, they're called certified early intervention specialists. They're athletic trainers. Okay. And then we also have a full-time occupational health nurse practitioner, hmm. a on-site physical therapist, and several health and wellness specialists. So we have a full team oh, of wow. experts yeah, yeah, in health and wellness, and we use them and tap into their extensive expertise to help drive our recordable injuries down. So the way that we're doing that, those athletic trainers that I mentioned, they have experience working with athletes of all uh, types, but 
also industrial athletes like you would see in a manufacturing facility and they're on the floor 40 hours a week both of them working with our associates on job coaching Mm. and stretching programs ergonomics they help us you know treat those minor minor first aid injuries and like musculoskeletal strains and sprains that type of thing Mm -hmm. they also help us conduct ergonomic assessments and make our processes better through Kaizen. Mm. Um, And in addition to the athletic trainers, we implemented a five-day work conditioning program, which is another unique offering, I think, here at Toyota. It's five days long for our brand new associates that are going on our shop floor. And it's an hour each day. Uh, We have a state-of-the-art fitness center, uh, recreation center on our property uh, with cardio equipment, full gym, you name it, we have it. Uh, and we use that space for one hour a day for five days for the, for the new people. Yeah. And we teach them stretching, uh, light aerobic activity, some strength training, mm. but we really try to prepare them and give them a taste of what their job's going to be like when they get into their process because our processes are physically demanding and we try to prepare them and, and set them up for success, if you will. And in addition to that, we also like to get them acquainted with the fitness center because we mm-hmm. hope they use it for their general health and wellness. Right. Yeah. Um, and so with all those things that I've mentioned and more that I'm probably forgetting, we had a 59% reduction in wow. our total case incident rate or recordable cases yeah. since the time that ATI came on site. So that's that's huge, uh, a huge reduction. And historically, we would have a large percentage of those recordable injuries coming from our new people. Mm-hmm. And about f- over 50% of our injuries were coming from people within their first year of employment, uh, which makes sense. That's You're getting used yeah. to the, yeah, yeah. You're getting used to the process. But since our work conditioning program was implemented, that number is reduced to 35%. So we're seeing a nice decrease, yeah, in those injuries. So to give you some perspective, Mm -hmm. in 2021, which was the first, like, complete year ATI was on on site here, we had nearly 6,000 separate associate encounters. So that would include the job coaching, medical appointments, follow-ups, educational conversations. So 6,000 times we interacted with an associate to help improve their, their health and wellness and safety. So wow. pretty, pretty cool program. I'm real pumped about it. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what's to come in the future. So yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, the fact that you guys have put this whole kind of health and wellness team in there, I think is something that's I certainly don't see every day, I would say. Right. But obviously the the results are, I mean, a 59% reduction is is huge and and obviously, you know, certainly warrants the award, I I would say. I mean, I'm no judge of the award over here, but I I would say it's certainly uh, warranted there. So, you know, I'm I'm curious, you know, because a lot of times I think the safety can be reactive in a sense instead of preventative and and you're talking about the the results you've had from from implementing these different things but you know a lot of people may be listening and thinking like you know well if i went and told my 
my boss that I want to bring in like a health and wellness team to help reduce safety incidents. You know, he might just like laugh at me, right? So, so I'm curious. You know, in these types of things, when you try try new things and and start to implement different things for for safety aspects, you know, you don't necessarily have the justification until after the fact, in a sense. So, so how do you guys justify bringing in different solutions and, and different types of things like like this program you mentioned to be able to address some some safety issues well obviously kevin we have to sell it up front and yeah. um, we're not always successful we're certainly not always as successful as this particular model was mm-hmm. in this situation we were changing healthcare providers for our, our general population okay and in those discussions and negotiations we were interviewing and, and, and i was a participant in that panel but we were interviewing candidates and we had one candidate one company ati that was really strong on the workers comp side and we had another candidate that was probably in just the personal health was stronger than what ati would have been okay and so the the intent was it's you know one of multiple companies and we came down to those last two and fortunately we had the buy-in from some of our executive staff to allow us to do a hybrid system and let us to bring in ATI for the workers comp side or the Mm. occupational health side and to bring in the other company and that took a little uh, work for those two companies to work together and to share some real estate inside that inside our physical fitness center and our medical center but fortunately again there's we're still working on that still perfecting and trying to improve that but we, we got the buy-in. One of the I think that was helpful in putting the athletic trainers out, of course, they suggested bringing in more than the original two, but we said, we'll start with two. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, after one year and last year when we were planning and budgeting, ironically, our president said, with this great progress you've made, do you think we can add more people mm. from ATI and imp- increase our effectiveness of yeah. reducing incident rates even more? And so with that, we're actually looking to add an additional ergonomist to help us, again, further take us to that next step. So, you know, I think the, your original question, how did we, how do we get that? How do we justify that? Mm-hmm. Toyota's not afraid to uh, be challenged with new ideas and new concepts. Right. And uh, we have to do that to stay ahead of our competition and to be competitive and even to care for our workforce. And so this is just an example where I think we took a bit of a risk and it paid off really well. The dividends were really high and uh, it's allowing us to hopefully even take it further in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the numbers show that the the risk was, was worth it, certainly. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great testament to what you guys are doing from a safety standpoint and, you know, willing to take a risk and, and try something that could potentially increase the the wellness of the, the workers there. And obviously, you know, it sounds like a, a great place to, to work as well with all these things going on and, and you guys really care 
about the employees. So, so it's been very interesting to, to hear about the, the safety in, in your workplace there and, and how you handle it and, and how it's involved and, and ingrained into the, the culture. So before we kind of close out here on our discussion, you know, you guys are, you guys are safety people, safety gurus, maybe we could say. So I, I want to hear from each one of you, what's your your number one safety tip for warehouse workers. How about Paige, you wanna go first? Sure. I would say my number one tip for um, associates working in a warehouse or manufacturing environment is to communicate and for the leadership to listen. I mean, that's gonna be the, the keystone of a good safety culture is that communication and constant Kaizen. Okay. All right. Very good. And I, I definitely agree. Communication is a, it's a huge part of it. And, and Dixon, how about you? What's your number one safety tip for warehouse workers? Well, I'll, I'll jump to more of the physical aspect of, okay. of the safety culture there. One of the things that I think really shows and, and it actually tells people where you're at is what your facility looks like. So keeping your floors and your work areas clean, well lit, making sure your aisles are well marked and clear at all times. Again, that's a part of, we often refer to that as 5S, but that's a part of building that safety culture. And if people see that and know you're serious about that, then you'll you'll win them over and make them a part of that team. All right. Very interesting. And I, I love a clean warehouse, I will say. I, I am uh, very obsessed with that. So, so great to hear from the both of you and very interesting, great safety tips and safety advice that you shared with everybody here today. If people want to find out more about Toyota material handling and potentially look at that customer experience thing you mentioned, how, how can they do that? I would say most of our things come through our dealerships and into our mm-hmm. customer service center. And so they can get on the uh, website for uh, toyotaforklift.com yeah and you can gather information probably set up even appointment ask questions for for or again our sales side they would help them and if they have questions that related to safety still take them through there and they would probably contact us if there were specific things all right great and we'll put all that information at the new warehouse.com as well so Paige and dixon thank you so much for joining me on the show today and sharing all this great safety knowledge you've been listening to the new warehouse podcast with kevin lawton subscribe and check us out online at the new warehouse.com Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the new warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the new warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.